welcome back to Season 3 of Comic Book Nation, the official podcast of comicbook.com. I am your host, Kofi Outlaw, and on this, one of our Christmas-themed episodes, if you're watching, you can clearly see, uh, with my uh, J- Holiday Festive co-host, Janelle Wheeler. Hi, everybody. <laughs> and Matthew Aguilar. What up? And today we have a lot to talk about and a lot to get to. Uh, but one thing that didn't make into the breakdown, if you're actually like reading our little synopsis for the show, all three <laughs> people who are doing that right now, is uh, we got to talk about something because last week we laid it on the line and went to bat for a uh, piece of content over on Netflix. Netflix's Cowboy Bebop live action adaptation. So we kind of sat here and we were the positive crew for Cowboy Bebop. And to uh, just remind us, what kind of show this is, if you, mess, if you missed our branding meeting a couple episodes back, you know, we are the cynical show, right? The cynical <laughs> veterans. So just to remind us where we belong, as soon as we went on a hard dash for Cowboy Bebop, Dude. you know, Netflix just canceled. This is what they do to us. Yeah, I know. <laughs> this, is how, this is how we get these origin stories. I mean, like, I mean, so to bring us, to kind of help us through this process of grief, we brought on one of our... Uh, Big uh, people from the anime branch and a uh, person who appreciates comedy and even tragic comedy in its own right. Uh, Mr. Evan Valentine is back with us. Hey, everybody. Thanks hey. for having me on. Uh, rest in peace, Cowboy Bebop. Awesome. Uh, this, so, is news, this is news that you might find um, kind of depressing or you might be uh, celebrating. It's uh, I totally understand both viewpoints. Yeah, why is Netflix like this, Evan? Like, (laughs) what's going on? Like, I mean, I mean, the thing is, like, Netflix doesn't. I mean, it seems aggressive because Netflix like doesn't cancel anything, right? Like, (laughs) everybody pretty much. I mean, I mean, yes. I mean, we we are actually living our our livelihoods rest on Netflix canceling and not canceling things (laughs) right now. Um, Trade secret, but uh, yeah. They do give a lot of things, at least a season two run, to just try to create that content block. Uh, so what do you think happened? Let's break down Cowboy Bebop. What are our estimates here? What happened? So there are a number of theories that are... This was reported last night exclusively from um, The Hollywood Reporter, but there are a number of theories that are uh, kind of swirling around the internet right now as to why. Like, as you said, a lot of series on Netflix uh, automatically get renewed for a second season. I think that one of the reasons why Cowboy Bebop is an exception to the rule, um, and if you look at the numbers for how popular it was, it did make Netflix's top 10. Um, It was the number one series for a few days. It stayed in there for about two weeks. Um, The reasoning why I I personally think, um, I think that Netflix got a little spooked by some of the reviews from maybe some of the hardcore fans of the anime series from some critic reviews of it. But I also think that um, because of the reception to shows like Squid Game and Hellbound, which uh, were created and received this huge positive, um, uh, this huge positive reaction to them. Uh, those shows had budgets that weren't comparable to Cowboy Bebop. So I think that me personally, I think that the executives at Netflix looked at Cowboy Bebop, saw how much money they were spending, and thought to themselves, "Well, we could do another season of this." Or we could take this budget and create three or four new shows. And maybe one of those shows is able to um, hit the same level as Cowboy Bebop. It's a gamble. But again, I think that um, based on the mixed uh, reviews that the series received, I think that Netflix kind of came to that decision. And I mean, it's I'm amazed that they came to that decision so soon after the premiere, yeah, not even a month out. Like, well, you give yeah. it a chance. I think you hit a lot of those nails on the head, um, especially when it comes to the money. I think it was the I think in this case, it was the X, Y, right? You know, X was greater than Y. It was just like we're spending enough money on we're spending this much money on this show. And it's only generating, you know, Netflix cares about like social media buzz. But there's another thing that I think we need to put in place that kind of really completes this puzzle, which is. If you watched what happened during Cowboy Bebop, it wasn't just that the live action show blew up. What it did is it also helped the anime, which Netflix is also streaming, blow up and get into those trendings and tops. So Netflix, I think, also looked at the fact that, like, 
yeah, we could spend this budget or maybe pay to keep like running this anime, yeah. you know, which people yep. seem to love a lot more. And if anything, this live action thing we can just show to spark people to go to this other thing and like we're good. We we can make <laughs> our bones off Cowboy Bebop a different way without having to I think, pay. I for think that's ultimately what it came thing. down to. Yeah, I think you're right. They, yeah, if the anime wasn't still there, like, uh, you know, I think it'd be different. If this was just like a manga live action adaptation or something and there wasn't some other kind of thing they could literally stream and watch to make people happier, like, yeah, I think we would still see a season two. But yeah, they had the other content still right there. And you can watch the whole Cowboy Bebop in animated yep. form. And it seems to be, like I said, making a lot of fans much happier, which was I our think, whole argument for the show anyway. <laughs> like yeah. it's going to be, it's a good reason for you to kind right. of discover it. it. It's getting mainstream people, but it's sending them back into the anime. And so now maybe that'll just kind of do its work itself out. Do you think that like this could ever, like, do you think they'll ever go back on this decision? Like, do you think that if enough people get upset that <sighs> they could possibly decide after a little bit of time that they will bring it back? I it's, think, yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Evan. You're, oh, yeah. Oh, you're um, an expert. Please take this. I think, <laughs> sorry, uh, I think that it's a possibility. I think that the okay. chances of that happening are slim. I think one of the things that we're going to really have to keep an eye on now is that Cowboy Bebop was kind of an opening salvo for Netflix when it came to live action anime adaptations because we have on the horizon, we have um, One Piece. That's currently mm-hmm. in the works. We have Yu Yu Hakusho. That's another one that they're going to try to do, as well as Avatar: The Last Airbender. And I would, I would kind of, I mean, uh, not to put words in their mouth, but I would be kind of nervous if I was the creative teams and the actors on that because, you know, uh, considering Cowboy Bebop wasn't renewed for a second season, I'd be kind of worried about, you know, the chances of their respective series at this point. Yeah. And again, I think the X factor to this is Cowboy Bebop will always have the anime just kind of sitting there. Yeah. And so like it's it's really like you'd have to be really I mean, I I don't see how fans are ever going to zero in so specifically to the live action show to say I need more of that. Mm. Like unless it's like Danielle Pineda, who did a really great job. But uh, like Mm -hmm. I can't understand like how they're going to do that to the point where Netflix is like, all right, let's get this money out and, and do this again. So. I mean, we may, this may have just been the time we got this. And like, yeah, like I said, it just helps the anime live on. And maybe we'll get like an awesome remaster of the anime one day. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But um, all right. So that's Cowboy Bebop. I mean, it's there. They're both there on Netflix. If you guys are so inclined to check it out, which data suggests you're not. But uh, okay. <laughs> thanks, Evan Valentine dropped in and said he's a this man is very busy like everybody in the comic book staff. Uh, so you got a lot to do. Thank you for dropping in. Let's Thank you guys soon for like a full episode. Yeah, yes. have a great show. Probably help keep this thing on the train <laughs> or keep this thing. Uh, see, keep it on the rails. I can't even you talk. Doing great. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> I just said keep it on the train when it was like the complete wrong. Keep it on the I train. Feel like Jack, but that's a perfect segue keep to Hawkeye because that was my little ode to Jack, to Jack uh, Duquesne, and Hawkeye. You know, my little uh, miss, my miss sayings, my daddy miss sayings over here. Um, So let's talk Hawkeye. Hawkeye episode four. So we had this another good episode that helps establish. I mean, I've just been doing a flex lap on your left this whole time talking about how this series is really making us care about Hawkeye making us feel those Clint Barton feels after Matt's big tirade in episode one about this is a gay bishop (laughs) show. Well, don't yeah. you care now? Don't you feel for hot for Clint, Matt? I I do, but nothing's changed. Still a Kate Bishop show. <laughs> it's still a Kate Bishop show, and it's cool. But I'm and really at this point, it. Comic Book Nation listeners, you have to take what you can get. This I'm is the really holiday season it, spirit. Thank like you. I okay, so going from this because like what a setup, by the way, because I had all kinds of positive things to say. About this show, about this show, and Kofi brings out the one, like not even negative, just like okay. So this is with this episode, this has become my favorite Disney Plus series. Wow! It's just, it's just like it's it's already. Wow. I still love Loki. Don't get we me get wrong. Some wows in the chat. I wow, still get. I wow, still love Loki. Wow! Wow! Um, wow. But I still love Loki. But this, oh, man. like, wow. it's uh, this is it's so man. There's and I feel I know part of it is what Kofi's referring to. I know part of it is the focus on family. I know part of it is the dad stuff. I know that. It's it's yeah, they, I mean, all the exact spots. Yeah, I mean, they to. have manipulated our dad strings a little it's, bit. Yeah. Yes. Uh, it's Christmas, but like 
So I know it's working for me on all those things, but there's just like a lot of, there's just a lot of heart here. And I, I laugh throughout every episode. I love the back and forth. This is ultimately still setting up a Kate Bishop series, but I love the Hawkeye stuff, the Clint stuff that is in here. So like, I'm, I, this show is awesome. I did not expect to love this show. I expected to like this show Same. because of Kate Bishop. I have now loved this show for all of its characters, including Clint. Yeah, I'm going to say this one surprised me because I think this was a disarming one, no pun intended, but um, going into it because I think we were all like hot on, you know, kingpin theories and all this stuff. And yes, yeah, they immediately back. like... <laughs> They immediately diffused the whole thing with Jack meeting Hawkeye and that turned into like more of like a funny scene between like, you know, who are you with my daughter, which this series handles the potential awkwardness of this old dude running around with this young girl, like better than most shows I've ever seen. Yeah. Because just her mom like interviewing like, okay, like I'm trying to stay cool about this. And then just like later on with them just having a party in the apartment, like, but it slowed things down and just had like them in a single small setting in an apartment and made like great TV of just, you know, Clint and Kate having their own weird impromptu holiday party with the multiple, you know, slushy drink <laughs> mix things like little sequences and all that. And the white, the whiteboard made me laugh. Yeah. The whiteboard. <laughs> all of that, like, <laughs> so many great moments. And, yeah. Renner and Steinfeld are just so great, but it does really showcase like how much, how little they gave Renner to do in these movies and how good of an actor he character actor he really is. And, yeah just kind of really showing you the effect this has had on Hawkeye, you know, doing all these things. So all good, but let's talk about the thing we're really here to talk about, which is the ending. So there's a big four-way rooftop fight between Kate Bishop, Clint Barton, Echo, and a spy that none of us could have guessed until the mask came off was Black Widow. (laughs) So yes, as they say on Twitter, Yelena Belova has entered the chat and we had Florence Pugh make her big, Debut on Hawkeye as Yelena Belova connecting us back to the post credit scene in Black Widow. What did you guys think of the fight sequence of Yelena's entrance? And what do you think about where we're going to go from here? What about that little moment, Matt, between Yelena and Kate? Will this MCU kind of reforge that Hawkeye-Black Widow friendship in a different in a different generation? Could be. Wouldn't that be cool? (laughs) I mean, it would be cool. Yeah, I love that, man. Look, I... Everyone knows we talked about when we talked about Black Widow, like Florence Pugh was one of my favorite parts of that movie. It's just like everything about what she brought to that character, because that character, to me anyway, has never really been that interesting uh, in the comics. So, like, I really liked what she brought to it. So to get just a little piece of that and then see that bounce back, that was I hope they do that, because ultimately, look, I would love to see a West Coast Avengers group later on if if Renner doesn't want to kind of do that, you know, and be that regular player, I would take Elena kind of in that spot. You know what I mean? I could, I could deal with that. So uh, that would be fun. Plus you'd have all the new heroes, obviously it looks like America and everything like that. So I'm, I'm down for that. Yeah. I think we're, I mean, more and more, I think we're going to get this weird composite of like champions, West coast Avengers and, you know, um, young Avengers, I don't know what they'll title it, but I feel like they're going to take all of that and and kind of mix it together. Young Champ Avengers. Yeah, Young West Coast Champ Avengers. Yeah, because all of those have some really good runs in them that are kind of like the iconic runs. And more and more, I just feel like pieces, they're just kind of plucking pieces of each and they'll make it so that there's a young team, they're fresh and they're in some nice sunny setting like the West Coast. I mean, it worked for Runaways on a smaller scale Mm -hmm. during that like little weird experimental phase with the Hulu stuff. So I could see it happening and I could see, yeah, like Yelena and Kate being at the forefront of that and the other heroes, as we've said. And Runaways is still technically part of the MCU, right? It's all it's all connected, right? Kind of, sort of, maybe. Moving on. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Speaking of Hawkeye, uh, we had some other fun stuff going on. I mean, there's not too much more to talk about Hawkeye. I mean, anything in this episode really stand out to you guys. Oh, let's talk Mockingbird. Do you guys think Hawkeye's wife is Mockingbird? That's a big theory. That would just be so cool. Linda Cardellini, like she has to set a suit up and save his butt in the end. I mean, I would die for that. I mean, I just love Linda Cardellini like that, but like. I'm with Janelle. I think I just, I just want to see, I just want to see her get more 
time. Like every time she's on the screen, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I didn't like, we didn't get to know her at all in the films. And so like every time she's shown on the TV show, I'm just like, Oh my God, let's go. Like, she's great. She's so cool. She slides into some German. She just seems very agenty and I would love to see her. I know I haven't like talked a lot about this, but you guys are kind of like, hit every nail on the head when it comes to the episode. And I just want to say like, I'm with Matt and I've changed my favorite order Ooh. for Disney plus show. So it has obviously topped what if for me, like I'm silly that I, <laughs> that I outranked what if over Hawkeye, but I'm still WandaVision Loki then Hawkeye, but who knows this could, knows? this could jump. It's coming up the ranks. It could, it could. All right. Look at this. Look at the holiday spirits flowing. We're making progress here. <laughs> Look at that. Um, uh, I think the final, final thing from the chat, just to shout out everybody in the chat is, what do you guys, who do you guys think Eleanor, What what is her shady connection? Her, Jack, do you think Jack's really shady or is he just shady for Eleanor? Like, is that a misdirect? What Ooh. do you think is really going on here? I mean, they both seem pretty shady to me. Like, I don't like either one of them. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't, I just want to know where the dad went. Like, I'm just confused. Like, I don't know what's going on. Oh, yeah. That's I mean. Has that, is that a misdirect or is that like confirmed? Did he just get wiped out in the Battle of New York? Is that oh, just what we've been led to? Believe? Oh, I thought he was blipped. Huh. That, that might just be me that I assumed that. But that's okay. So the fact that that's not clear, I, it is one thing that I'm like, I wish I knew what was going on here. But I don't well, like her mom at all. No, Eleanor, I'm, I'm kind of. I would like to see something cool like Eleanor kind of Val and Sharon all being like the same weird network of like powerful Ooh, underworld women. That'd be kind of cool. In the um, comics, is Eleanor a bad guy? Like what is Eleanor's role in the comics? She even uh, have one? Like it's not like it's not. Yeah. Like it kind of goes okay. back and forth. There's not really a big giant storyline. So okay. I mean, they could kind of do whatever they want to in this case. I mean, I think they are leaning towards that Kofi seed plant though because like you see that call she makes right after he leaves and like that's all they they leave it there she's also she's also like naive at the weirdest times <laughs> like it, like it's kind of like she's she's very intelligent and she picks up on a lot of things and then all of a sudden like she she doesn't pick up certain social cues or whatever that, that Kate is. And so like, I feel like that's purposeful. Like, I don't feel like she's not picking up things. She's just knows she things avoids. that Kate doesn't. And so, yeah, I think yeah, uh, she does a lot of avoiding and, and Vera Farmiga is great at that kind of stuff. Like in those scenes, like she goes all mom and friendly whenever she's using it as an avoidance. It's like a tactic. If you rewatch some of their scenes, um, yeah, she always is just like, Kate will be like asking a point of question. She'll be like, hey, but what about this party, dear? And like, it's like, mm -hmm. oh, okay, I see what you're doing here. Um, yeah. In the comment section, we have a lot yeah. of uh, people yeah, no, who get her comic thing. story. The, no, the <laughs> when they said vampire, and I, I really just thought that was a joke. And then, no, that's actually real. <laughs> Yeah, you got it. it's one of those things when we when we but talk don't comics. Reference the comics. When we talk these when we talk comics sometimes there is the cable effect where it's like you kind of look at things in there and you go that's never going to make it. <laughs> 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 it's yeah. like certain things are like not no. I, I don't no, think. not. Yeah, unless yeah, they want to bring some, Blade and uh, up in here. Blade, like, you never know where Blade can be these Blade days. Blade could be everywhere. <laughs> Blade could just be talking off screen somewhere. You don't know. Maybe maybe you do not know. Maybe it is. I don't see that connection, but hey, maybe maybe it happens. Who knows? But um, no, some people have kind of pointed out uh, it is a good thing to remember the first episode and kind of some of the references Eleanor said that, you know, she didn't start out rich like like the husband was. She was poor and you don't know like where she came from, what she had to go through and who she might have to be loyal to. So it could be Kingpin. I mean, this could just be another Kingpin thing, right? Like, and she's just been, you know, kind of working you know, up. So well, we're going to see. But um, one thing I just before you don't make me lose my train of thought. Let me just okay. get this out. People have <laughs> keep saying there's this big Jack is innocent movement. Look, man, all I know about Hollywood is people usually cast based on the last thing they saw. And if they if that mm -hmm. kind of holds true, if you have not watched Better Call Saul and seen who the actor who plays Jack, Tony Dalton, played on that show. I do not believe for a second that Jack is innocent. He was one of the scariest freaking villains I have ever seen on TV in Better Call Saul. And like he plays this Salamanca brother you never heard of in Breaking Bad, who's the crazy one, like the crazy, crazy one. And that dude is so freaky in some of those scenes that I, I do not believe for a second that Jack doesn't have 
a dark side. So I cannot get on the Jack is innocent train. You've heard it here. I'm, I'm, I'm going to plant my feet on that hill, but uh, yeah. All right. Anything else from Hawkeye we need to kind of address? Uh, no, I, there was a comment though, that uh, I think Eleanor called Val and activated Yelena. And that's honestly makes the most sense. <laughs> Well, that would be a good connection to a uh, black widow, right? Like yeah, yeah. that actually makes the most sense of like, yeah. Hey, I need you to call in a thing. Um, so yeah, that would, uh, that's a, that's a good point. Right. Look, this is why we have fans and comments because they will always be smarter than us. Oh, what if Val is running? Oh, Jim Viscardi has entered the chat. He is here. Yeah. Producer Jim Viscardi is in the chat. He's going full tinfoil hat. Uh, what if Val <laughs> is running hammer? I mean, I mean, if Val's running Hammer, that'd be kind of cool, which is a whole kind of other darker shaled agency type thing that happened in Marvel Comics. Yeah, there's a lot of that that's kind of feels like it's going on. But uh, yeah, Hawkeye, good stuff. <clears throat> what do you think we're going to get in the next episode? I mean, obviously, Yelena and, and Clint have to have a chat, right? There's only six of these, right? Oh, is there only six? There's only six? I don't know. I'm asking. Whoa, I think you're think? right. Yeah. Everybody oh, relax. No. <laughs> yeah. Is it almost over? Yeah, two more oh, left. So okay. next week's the penultimate episode. Oh, so thanks, Elena, yeah. Elena and Clint are gonna have to have a chat, obviously. Oh. And do we get Big Willie? Big Willie reveals. Okay, I'm not ready to move on to Book of Boba yet. I'm very focused on this. <laughs> I, I feel like that, <laughs> do you think Wilson Fisk? Do you think we're getting Kingpin next episode? Because that will be Spider-Man No Way Home's week, right? That'll be the release week of No Way Home. I they put my chips to. on it. Yeah, they have to do on something. It. Only two more episodes. I don't well, know how they're gonna like wrap it up. Oh, you better start floating some things to your boy to Man, come on. He, he just is as pleasant as possible, but I hope you and yours are happy and healthy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, with with them teasing that five is gonna blow everyone's mind and blow Twitter up, I would assume that would be the episode. I would assume Kingpin. Right. All I mean, right. that's that's what they've been teasing. So I'm yeah. So uh, yeah, so yeah, check back for that. Uh, our sister podcast, Phase Zero, with Brandon Davis and them will be on right after Hawkeye drops. So, the first afterglow, you can come back to this Twitch channel on Wednesday at noon, and there will be probably a Kingpin celebration here. On Friday next week, we'll have seen Hawkeye, and a bunch of us will have seen Spider Man No Way Home as well. So, it's gonna get real. We're, you know, bring your tinfoil hats. Get a cup of coffee or some eggnog <laughs> and get seated next week because, yeah, it's going to get super duper real. I think there's going to be a lot of uh, comic book podcast content coming, dealing with No Way Home, Hawkeye, yep. The Connections. We'll be in Witcher Season 2. It's going to be – things oh are coming gosh. back. Yeah, that time. drops on Friday too, by the way, next yeah, Friday. So we're going to be busy, 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 busy. Oh, Lord. Busy, busy, busy. <laughs> yeah, there's something else coming, I feel like, next week. I mean, it's going to be busy, so get your tin foil hats out, polish them up, rewrap them with some new foil because it's about to go down. But first, we're going to pay some bills, take a break, and when we come back, we got so much still to do. Yeah. Matt has that early review from Witcher to talk about. We got to talk about a couple Spider-Man things. We have the whole Game Awards to break down, and we got to talk some big comics this week, so be sure you guys stick around. Hello, we are back <laughs> What a Comic Book Nation, the official podcast of comicbook.com. I am your host, Kofi Outlaw, and this is my SMR voice that the other podcasts all love to do when they're talking about whatever content they're talking about that puts you to sleep at night. But that's not what we do here. Welcome back to Comic Book Nation. Got to put a little oomph in our podcast. So, wow. let's take this uh, real quick, Matt. Can you just uh, take us through? Because I think it'll be the most timely thing to begin with. The Witcher season two, you've gotten a look at this. Can you give us the early breakdown? Yes, I can. Uh, the Witcher. We had to say it. It's it's like our tagline now. Um, yes, the Witcher. So, the Witcher. Uh, so got to see the uh, first six of the eight episodes uh, season. So uh, hopefully those last two episodes 
uh, don't completely let me down. But going from the course of uh, the first six, um, one of the things you, you immediately leave with is that I know talking about the first season, there were kind of two common complaints. One was the slow pace. A lot of people felt it got off to a slow start. And the other was the time jumps and the story jumps and kind of back and forth. We're in the present. We're not. We're over here. We're over here. So I understood why they made those decisions, but like that was an annoyance by a lot of people. This season uh, doesn't do either of those. <laughs> we have two back-to-back great episodes, and especially the first. The first episode is where, uh, and this is kind of out there, so this is not spoiler. So I'm not going to get into spoilers until next week, so no worries. You're not really going to be spoiled here. Uh, what we have seen in the trailers, though, uh, is Nevelyn and that whole storyline is the first episode and it is fantastic <laughs> it is so it is so good um so yeah and my camera decided to stop uh so yeah it is so good oh my god with this oh my god my camera is annoying me today um so people want frozen man to turn yeah, off the autofocus <laughs> my goodness maybe that's it um mm-hmm. but in this case uh that first episode kicks off and it is just incredible uh you just get a very it sets the tone for the rest of the season uh characters that did not get a lot of shine last season including tris uh tris has a like far increased uh plot line in here she actually plays a big part in like series development siri goes from princess of sintra in the first season and and a lot of some people were like you know she's helpless a lot and kind of didn't love Mm -hmm. that and in this season like i'm She's become one of my favorite characters uh, in the show. This season, she is like, she is queen. Series. Yes. Um, so it oh, is, I'm excited. Yeah. So it is, um, it, it's excellent as far as her kind of growth and, and evolution. Her and when Cavill teased that he kind of pushed for more dialogue, uh, he wasn't kidding. So yes, <laughs> the grunts are still here. Uh, the kind of, you know, like he does that every so often, but like, really it's like night and day. Like he talks so much more in this and he has so many much like their, their heartfelt conversations. A lot of them are with Siri, uh, some are with Tris as well. So like, there's a lot more from him having Vesemir in the mix also brings that out of him and having him at Caremore and having all these other witchers, like, there is, oh my God, I'm, my camera is frustrating me <laughs> today. Uh, so yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty impressive. Um, I, I mean, look, I think the first season, I enjoyed the first season a lot, but this season just like, it doesn't even compare. I feel like they've improved on everything that we kind of knocked in that first round. Uh, it looks like they got an increased budget too, because some of the creatures that show up are better executed especially in that first episode um so yeah i i just think across the board it's it's so much better so i i left with nothing but i mean i had a few nitpicks they're they're nitpicky like very nitpicky uh i also will be well would be interested to see how people who read the books react to some of the changes they make uh there are a couple of I read that in your article and it kind of changes. went, it made me go. Yeah. Um, there so are a couple of bigger one, changes. Here's the big okay. question for just mainstream people. Like, will this be easier to follow than the first season? Yes. It's not even, yeah. it's, it's not a linear story, but it is walking you from point A to point B from different points of view, but you're, you're on the same path. So you're not the, the flashbacks. There are some, but they are clearly, delivered as flashbacks like you know you're kind of going into the past the same with dream sequences and things like that like you you dip into other areas of time but they're not like you're just supposed to catch up like it, it is telling a one long story from a bunch of different points of view and it does a much better job of like hey you're here now hey we're we're moving to this point and you're following all the sore all the core characters also it helps too that like the first season because of what they had to do with Siri and Geralt, you didn't get to see them together until literally the very, like one episode kind of early on and then the very end. And in this season, they're together from the very beginning and they're together throughout the whole season, just about. So like you really get that dynamic and stuff that people love so much from the books and the games and you get to see that flourish. So like 
it again, it, it just benefits from being a season two. It's kind of like we talk about with like MCU origin stories, right? That second movie typically has just a lot. They have a lot more options and they get off the ground a lot faster because they don't have to do all the setup. That is very much season two of The Witcher. So. All right. There you go. That's Matt's early non-spoiler awesome. review of The Witcher season two. You can read his full review on comicbook.com gaming. That's right. Yes. Comicbook.com gaming. It was said so, with a question mark. It was like, yeah. Hey, yeah. I just want to make sure I always throw it to the right place. <laughs> we have so many channels. All right. So. Moving on from The Witcher. Uh, we can skip the Spider-Man stuff. I mean, we're just, there's a lot of stuff that we have on the Spider-Man press tour. There's a lot of kind of headlines being made from what Tom Holland and the rest of the cast and the crew kind of are letting out, or Kevin Feige and Amy Pascal. You can also watch our videos. We have our own interviews. Uh, Brandon Davis sat down with the cast and crew of Spider-Man No Way Home. So you can see all of that over on comicbook.com, Marvel, but we won't get into in the weeds because... It'll just eat up time. Mm -hmm. And we did enough with Hawkeye and stuff. One cool thing is we saw the opening clip from No Way Home, which you can now watch on comicbook.com Marvel. And they uh, continuity, they did Rogers the Musical pops up. Spidey and MJ swing by Rogers the Musical on their way to get out of Midtown. <laughs> when And as somebody who lived in Midtown for many years, Manhattan, it's, it's funny. They get a lot of the geography really right. But they swing by the theater district and they, and they pass Rogers the Musical from Hawkeye. So... Nice little piece of MCU continuity, and it suggests that Rogers the Musical has a good run. It's not a flash in the pan. It's on Broadway for a minute. So all the more reason we need that thing in real life, right? <laughs> you don't have to read Damon streams. You don't have to refuse to watch the clip. It's, it's not a mystery. Spider-Man No Way Home picks up right from the end of, of Far From Home. So it's like literally the next minute from the ending of Far From Home. There's nothing to spoil for yourself. I mean, but everybody do as you will. It is just a week long countdown. We'll all see it. Next I'm week. so tired of teases and trailers and even like interviews. Like I'm just ready to watch this. I'm so, I'm so tired so of all you people's freaking first world problems with <laughs> movies. Like, come on, man. It's Christmas. Everybody chill out. You guys watch will see Spider-Man. Yeah, well, yeah, remember last year, guys, when we didn't have a scrape of content and we thought we might all die? Like we hung in chill there. Out. We made it. Yeah. Everybody <laughs> appreciate. Chill out <laughs> all right so moving right along before i go off the deep end let's just throw back to matt for safety and matt let's get into these game awards which is <laughs> like the big thing we're here to talk about here take us through the game awards happened last night um i fell asleep for that but woke up for that weird drake kanye concert in the middle of the night oh, randomly man. <laughs> yeah um yeah this is the world we're living in guys uh, but uh matt game awards safety yeah take us through it all right. So uh, we, I feel like we have to start off uh, with uh, the very anticipated Showtime Paramount Plus uh, project Halo. Uh, we got that first teaser trailer. It is a teaser mountain trailer. of entertainment, baby. It is a teaser trailer, obviously. So like, you know, it just kind of goes through all the you get you get the Halo feel. I know I, I actually had a little bit of a, a, a geek out moment with that music hit right at the end as that little like that little tag at the end. Like, oh, it feels it feels good. It makes it, it makes it look cool. Um it's just, you know, a look at certain characters. You get a look at the armor. You get a look at the Spartan armor. Like, you get a look at, at the world, which actually looks really Stop impressive. it. Let's all be honest what this was. The makers of Halo sat down and watched that Mandalorian first teaser, and they were like, yeah, let's do something like that. I, that didn't feel like at all for me. This felt very no, much no, like I'm Halo. just messing. I, I was going to say, this felt like very Halo. But it was, I, mean, I meant in the structure. It's like a bunch of people. You see other right. people kind of, like, looking at this mysterious kind of gunslinging character and then they show you just like the helmet the armor in that kind of like first tease right so yeah it, mean, it was it was similar it had a very it's for those who have been worried about this show because i feel like a halo project has been the development for movies and tv forever at this point it's kind of like with the gears of war basically was. since i've been doing this job which is now like yeah, 13 right? years been, i remember yeah i remember reading about how neil blom well how we almost got sent uh peter jackson letting neil blomkamp make a halo movie until some some brilliant studio executive was like i don't know this kid let's not do that and it's just like uh face palm yeah. So this looks uh, this looks promising. I, I I'm hopeful for this. I want to obviously see a full trailer and things like that, but I'm hopeful. Uh, let's move on to Sonic the Hedgehog two. Got a trailer, and we Wait, got I just, knuckles. We I don't got want to knuckles. interrupt you. I just want to say about Halo, Pablo Schreiber. This I'm the actor who's playing Master Chief. 
has been like the man since the wire season two. And if you know what I'm referencing, like when he first had his breakout role in the second season of the wire, I'm really psyched to see this guy actually make like Hawkeye, like make me care about the master chief who to me is still like the most like just dispensable video game character you we've ever created. But I, oh, I would man. like to see this kind of, yeah, I, I, I feel like that's man, a fire take. I, I, I've never cared about the master chief of her story. Like he's just a hard dude who can punch through some shields and, and blow people away to me. And like fun to play as him. Don't care about him as a character. Looking forward to changing that. That's all I'm saying. Oh, interesting. All also, right, I just, I think this looked beautiful. There were certain shots that just like really took yeah. my breath away. So I cannot believe how ex- like I am moved by this and I'm really excited. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Okay. So, <laughs> Greg Mike brings up an interesting point. Now I'm gonna, this was later in the rundown, but I feel like it's a perfect segue. So he said gaming awards. Did anyone even watch that? Now here's the thing. <laughs> He's the trolling. Awards, That's my but, friend. <laughs> but here's okay, but here's the thing though. It's a per that gets brought up though every time the gaming awards comes around. Like yeah. it's kind of like the most public yet sort of hated <laughs> events that gaming <laughs> has it's very odd because it's so ho- high profile and it's mm-hmm. such a big deal but like if you talk to a lot of people like who are actually like i don't know if i want to watch that like it, it's just i don't know it's a very love-hate relationship with this thing it's basically the new comic-con which is like but like Comic-Con everybody race now but no, but like before in the 2010s, especially before, you know, studios started pulling out content and making their own showcases. Comic-Con was that thing where like nobody who was in geek culture, like all they did was make fun of Comic-Con and literally outside like the boundaries of Comic-Con in San Diego, downtown San Diego, just people like there to just like mock Comic-Con. But they all like want to pierce, like parse through and be like, wait, but about that big trailer, like what happened there? Right. And that's the thing they take away. And then the rest of the culture, they're just like, man. And that's like what I feel the game awards. Now everybody's like, wait, but about them trailers though. And then but the it's rest on of the that game trajectory, awards, right? Cause like, like yeah. last, last time around was Elden ring. And that was the biggest thing. And then Jeff Keighley was kind of like teasing, like there's like seven Elden Ring. So let's like, you know, it's interesting. I don't know. I It makes I me don't think know. of the Tony Awards. <laughs> like, it's well, just this kind of obscure thing that if you're part of the community, you you're either it. totally into it or not. And if you, like, don't go to the theater, aka you don't play video games, you just don't care. And you try to care, but maybe you don't. And it's okay <laughs> if you don't. Well, let's get it positive. I care. Yeah, let's I get it positive, guys. Let's talk about the things we all can care about that unites everyone. That's good, though. Sonic. So, uh, so Sonic. Sonic. Knuckles. We can all agree that Knuckles rules, right? And yeah. Tails oh, yeah. was adorable too. Tails was. A, I, I liked look, Tails. I liked the first one. I enjoy the first one. I got so much hate for that. I enjoy the first one. Me and Jim Viscardi are like Team Sonic. So like, oh no, the I, first one I've seen it since. It was like, really fun. Yeah, it's fun. And like I'm yeah, excited for mm-hmm. the second one. It looks like more of that same thing. But I was always a Knuckles guy when like playing. Me the too. Movies. Yeah, I was so a Knuckles like, guy too. I'm, I'm all about this, and I love yeah. Jim Carrey's Robotnik. I'm up for more of that. Jim Carrey still got it, man. Even Mm -hmm. in just like that teaser for the Game Awards trailer release, like with just Carrey as Robotnik, like, man, Jim Carrey still got it. He still got it, man. Okay, so we're going to talk about something I think anyway that Kofi's excited for. So Star Wars Eclipse uh, got a a big trailer. Wow. Uh, I I know he's anytime High Republic comes into view. I know I know you're super high on that. Are you excited that? Okay, what did you think of the kind of the look of it and everything? And also, what do you think of Quantic Dream being the one to do it? Because they kind of have a like they're not your typical studio. No, I don't know the gaming politics about the studio. I saw the name and was like, I don't know you, bro. So I'm not like I'm always kind of nervous about studios. But who had it uh, before this EA games? EA still has the license. Like, so they're still making Star Wars games. I wasn't like, I bought um, Jedi Jedi Fall in order, but I wasn't the biggest fan of that engine. Like, uh, and so, I mean, I'm open to somebody coming in. That very first trailer was a good, bold statement because that was a great trailer. And to me, that was probably like, I think my favorite trailer out of last night was that high Republic trailer because I mean, just the way it was set up and sequenced and, and what it did was just so well done. I mean, like you could have told me that was like a new Star Wars movie and I'd have been like, oh, I'm in. Like, let's get some tickets. Yeah. Um, and also just because, you know, we've been stumping here personally for the High Republic. Like we've been on this since the, they launched this new, pro, you know, this era of Star Wars, which has been in just books and comics and 
the parts of Star Wars that people, you know, mainstream fans say they don't care about, quote unquote, you know. And so we've been just kind of following it and saying, like, yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff in here. Like, and now I feel like it's cool that people are going to get to see this. I didn't expect it in a game form, especially from this studio, like you said. But uh, I'm, I'm open to giving it a chance because at least that trailer was pretty, pretty exciting and made me more excited about the High Republic than I think I've been even so far. Plus, we got some acolyte casting. So the High Republic's coming up and we got some uh, TV <laughs> yeah. casting. And it's a big, Janelle, yeah. are you a big fan of like the Detroit? Uh, become like yeah detroit is awesome okay uh yeah but this the star wars is so over my head sometimes and i don't know what's going on but that that looked stunning like it looked looked, i I was like i wish this was a tv show because i would watch this on disney (laughs) plus i i've been a little like i've been mixed you know like i i like heavy rain a lot when that came out uh yeah i I miss detroit um, I played beyond like, Dude, so I've been kind of back and forth, but the, what is interesting is they're actually, it seems anyway from other reports that they're leaning into making more of a like traditional game as opposed to kind of one of their style of games for this. So I am interested to see kind of how that turns out. Uh, let's get, I know we got to get a couple more, so let's get through these. Mm-hmm. Um, Wonder Woman is, is getting, wow. a game, uh, which I am very uh, excited about because it's from the shadow of Mordor folks and a uh, holy cow. I love that game. <laughs> what is that gameplay going to be like? Do you know? So, I mean, it's a for, if they're if they're going based on those two games in that series, okay. it is a third person action adventure game. Like it's got a full storyline, and and they were they were there was actually really heartfelt stuff in those stories, and really interesting character dynamics. But like yeah. the biggest selling point of it was the Nemesis system, which is like essentially allowed you like all the baddies that you would fight, like some of the, there were tier levels to like how that architecture worked. So like these people had names and personalities and they would kind of shift. So like, if you took out their men, they would like be more, they would actually like try and be more tactical on like how they approached you. And they would also remember things that you'd like. There was a lot to that system. That's cool. And it was really cool. It made a, what a straightforward action game and do something really cool. So the fact that they're bringing that system, because the the report is that that is going to be included in this to Wonder Woman, who has a sword and shield and lasso and everything. Oh my God, like that is exciting. Yeah. I'm expecting kind of like, and also the Arkham series style kind of combo systems for just kind of being able to like really take out big squads of people as Wonder Woman using all the kind of objects and weaponry that Matt just was talking about. But uh, also good presentation, good start. Yeah, all these are very much 2023 and beyond. <laughs> yeah, I believe, but you know, it's it's good. Uh, Alan Wake two got announced. I know Jamie is somewhere celebrating. Uh, he's very happy about that. This is going <laughs> to be straight up survival horror though, and not kind of the action hybrid uh, that the first game and even kind of the the spinoff was. Um, so I, that's that's exciting just for Remedy fans. Um, also, Lord of the Rings Golem got a cinematic. <laughs> trailer uh, <laughs> that i don't I, that was lame i'm sorry <laughs> i'm sorry i have zero no, interest it he looked so weird like i just cartoony and i don't know what the point is and how the heck what is this gameplay like i don't i'm not about that i life. love it i mean I it is weird J- jay's not wrong it is weird <laughs> yeah, it's it's weird. Um, so then we also got a look at actual gameplay of Suicide Squad kills the Justice League. I feel bad about being negative on this game all the time, dude. Uh, I like. I thought it looked cool. No, yeah, just, okay, no, no, it, it it no. That doesn't mean that you're wrong. That just means yeah. that I just can't. I don't know what it is. There's something's not clicking for me, mm-hmm. and so I just was not excited. But I'm glad that you, because I know we've all kind of been like, eh. On the yeah. game, so I'm glad this actually jazzed I, you up a bit. I mean, not okay, it's not, not excited, <laughs> but like <laughs> it's cool because I'm kind of coming in from this perspective of like Guardians is my first like superhero game that I've played, and that is the truth. And that's crazy because I've missed out on so many awesome opportunities. So for me, I'm just like, oh, cool, Harley and like King Shark, and this could be fun. And that's kind of the perspective I'm coming from. I understand that. Kofi, are you yeah. rem- are you still excited for this game now? Well, I was just trying to look at it in our article, but we have a link to the wrong thing. Great. We have a link uh, to something. Yeah, you have to YouTube it. Yeah. So yeah. Um it it hasn't, I'm gonna be honest, like it has not done a single thing to really capture me. 
Yeah. Like, yeah. And I thought, I think that's weird because it was like a year ago, if you had asked me, it'd be like my most highly anticipated. But I, I mean, I want to see like the Bat Family game more than I want to see yeah, this. Gotham so. Knights. Yeah. Can't wait for that. Um, all right. So uh, the biggest thing we should probably talk about next before we move on to comics is The Matrix Awakens, uh, which is a gorgeous uh, Unreal 5 engine demonstration uh that is kind of an interactive experience now you can actually go to youtube and watch the full thing so like you can watch all the gameplay that happens you're essentially like you know you can later on like you can move about the world but like early on like you're in cars and you're shooting and it's this big chase sequence um look the graphics are stunning in places and there's parts where like the actors like there are parts where you're kind of like oh is that is that the real person or is that not that's really impressive so you can play it now but you can also watch it 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 looked impressive for what it was like if that was a full game and like there was more to it than just like shooting out tires which is like half of the video uh like i would be <laughs> more excited for that but like i still kind of want to try it out because man i look i love enter the matrix I know it was. Yeah, funny. I was about to say this will yeah. never replace that. Yeah. yeah. So, never. but like, man, I would would I love to see what they could do with that in this tech? Holy cow, that would be amazing! Like, that would, that would look awesome. So, you know, it does make me hopeful. Hey, I need that remaster so we get like a fully great Enter the Matrix version. Man, because that oh. was that was so good. That's My bullet time skills by the end of that, I so was just good, I could take oh. a butterfly out. Man. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and then uh, Expanse game is coming from Telltale, which is crazy because like two years ago wow. they, they filed for bankruptcy. Uh, and wow. then, so they're back. That's great. Texas Chainsaw Massacre is also getting a game. It's the uh, same kind of feel of the Friday the Thirteenth game, uh, Dead by Daylight, like that kind of thing. Um, so that that trailer also looked kind of interesting. So uh, a lot of stuff. The process that we have it all up on the gaming uh, vertical on comicbook.com. All right, comicbook.com gaming. And uh, you might think I'm going to start talking here, but I'm not because Matt's going to take us right <laughs> over to comicbook.com comics. That's a hey, There it is. Uh, yeah. So, uh, okay. So, first, I uh, just want to take a second. Uh, everyone saw the, the reports um, uh. of what George Perez is going through and uh, the diagnosis and everything. So, we just want to send our thoughts out. Uh, to him and yeah, legendary, friends. iconic yeah. artist, George mm-hmm. Perez influenced so many. I did the article just of the people in the comic industry, just kind of when he announced his diagnosis of them reacting to him. And it's just amazing to see how many people we now value as a modern generation of comic yeah. creators. Everybody from like Avengers writer, Jason Aaron to Hawkeye artist, Matt or uh, David Aja. And just like, you know, people who are now influencing our comic culture in our live action superhero culture and how many of them just got inspired by George Perez. It's, it's astounding to see. And just, you know, it takes it from, you know, your personal experience reading this man's work and seeing his art. And I have a brother, like I said, I've said before, collected comics in the decades before me. So I got from the seventies on through the eighties, through the nineties, bunches of comics. And I've, that man's artwork is just so synonymous with so much that I, no, remember in love and yeah this was a yeah that was a hard one this week yeah i can't uh, i can't think of titans i can't think of wonder woman i get there's characters that i will always associate uh yeah somebody so. brought up the dc marvel crossover the batman yep. versus captain america see just so many things this man's artwork has just captured that is burned in our brain so yeah so. shout out to george perez and all our love and support to uh, him his family his friends um, George Perez, if you, okay, if you haven't heard, you know, comic artist George Perez announced this week that he has stage three pancreatic cancer that is inoperable, Ugh. um, and that he has searched his treatment options, but he has opted that he, he doesn't like the odds of going through the treatments, the surgeries, chemo, all of that. And he has six months to a year to live and and he's just going for the kind of the natural opt out of just enjoying his time with fans, friends, family as much as he can um, before kind of, you know, accepting the inevitable and that's his decision. And he put it out there and he announced that he's going to try to do one more appearance with fans because he cares so deeply for all uh, the people he influenced yeah. to kind of uh, just go through the whole process, the crying, the smiles, the signings, the things yeah. So you can try to get that together, but um, yeah, so that's, yeah. And, I, and it, it's one of those things, right? You don't, you don't want to bring, things down but also we yeah. talk about comics here and you just can't not no. talk about I mean, uh, yeah. as important 
and mm-hmm. loved in the comics community as, as him. So uh, that is our, you know, our thoughts and everything. Yeah, and as so, much as we want to be down, like this is a time, like this man has given so much to all of us yes. in our imaginations. Like this is a time, uh, you know, I truly believe this time to, you know, take a little piece of yourself and pour some out. Yeah, that sounds like liquor. Ah, geez. Just do an outpouring of like love and support and just good vibes for somebody who has helped you when you've needed to retreat maybe into worlds that he's helped create to kind sure. of help his world be a little bit brighter this holiday season. So shout out Ooh. to George Perez. Um, yeah. On a lighter note, Matt, you also had a big victory in uh, something that Marvel teased for, for us. And hey. uh, Janelle, this is a victory for you as the uh, what if supporter on the show. Yeah. Captain Carter, <laughs> uh, Captain Carter series is being teased. Uh, awesome. and, and I can only imagine, awesome. you know, it's, it's look, it's just probably Marvel has stuff in the works all the time, right? Synergy and all that. Um, but uh the what if being kind of a focal point, having Captain Carter be that you knew they were going to capitalize and, and she's become even more popular because of that series. Um, so we're going to probably get a Captain Carter, I would say mini series, most likely limited thing. Uh, I don't care if it's 10 issues, if it's 30, I'm perfectly happy. I, I, I want Captain Carter in a comic. So I'm very happy about that. Uh, so let's move into the first book of this week, uh, devil's reign. So this is the next, um, big marvel event uh things have been building up in in the various books to this uh this is a fittingly a kingpin centric uh, event uh we've seen him (laughs) his machinations over the past like two years um whether it's you're reading the daredevil book whether you're reading thunderbolt so there's his kind of hands are everywhere uh and even in spider-man and so we're seeing that all kind of culminate here um this is a I feel like we've been here a couple of times in the last like three or four years where there's like some law (laughs) or some, some like government thing that forces heroes to like pick a side. And and I know that, that that's a common thing. Look, I loved civil war. That's one of my favorite storylines ever, like the original, not the movie, the comic series and everything. Right. So I love that series and I've left some of the things they've done with those themes later. Um, So I'm not, I wasn't like, like, oh, okay, so we're getting another kind of variation on that. That said, I really enjoyed kind of the angle they're taking. It's not so much the law itself, because we've been there, done that, but it's the Fisk part. It's the mm-hmm. Fisk kind of this being his, you know, his wrath, so to speak. He's tired of this. And also you get a very interesting thing that's been a long playing thing in Daredevil where Fisk figures out something's off that he doesn't know the identity of daredevil anymore and he figures out like why like he doesn't know why or how but he's starting to put the pieces together that whole part is really interesting as well so we fist kind of moving into power and you're seeing the heroes kind of have to band together a bit uh i love moon knight again getting getting some screen time dark hawk got some screen time in here hey this book is made for me um so i but i really i like the angle so i wasn't like throw like over the moon with another kind of government versus superheroes well, thing. I mean, this is, let's just be honest. This is a potluck of a lot of different kinds. It of is, but I still liked it. I still books. came away yeah. really enjoying it. I'm not criticizing it. It's, it's good because it's driven by Fisk and, and like yeah. you said, his character. But this is at once a uh, supervillain trying to become president story. Um, yeah. This is a uh, let's undo one of our crazy lost memory stories because it was crazy when we had to retcon somebody's memory. Um, it's one of those. It's Fisk using going for this kind of personal vendetta against heroes, which we've seen. It's one of those laws against hero stories that we've seen. So this is a lot of like, uh, like I said, a hodgepodge of a lot of things that we've seen before. But I didn't hate it because it, it makes sense. And, and it's an obvious social allegory to like the last year. Or so right. like all of this stuff. Um, and it while there is a lot of it that's repeat, I think the character driven part, like you said, is what the difference is and Wilson Fisk character has been kind of seeded through this mayor Fisk role he's had in the last couple of years to be very interesting and an antagonist. And his angle is different this time with his son and that whole thing that's mm-hmm. kind of building there um, is also very interesting. So yeah, there's a lot of comic bookiness to it, but it's also what we say we like look for in these kinds of storylines, which is there's a simple through line premise and room for a lot of kind of development. So it's not bad mm-hmm. to me. You know, what do you think? Uh, first comic book that I get to see Fisk. Uh, 
uh, and get to know. <laughs> and so I had a blast like seeing this character on the pages and uh, and really like I was like moved like I hate him <laughs> here. So uh, I feel stronger about this version of him than you know the on-screen version of him so i'm i this just built the hype for hopefully maybe seeing him and something else coming up uh yeah. and yeah it was just interesting i haven't i've i read civil war but i haven't seen a lot of these like political like governmental things so for me it was refreshing and kind of a cool perspective and that i'm glad because after you guys saying ah oh, we've kind of seen this before i'm kind of glad that i get to enjoy it from that perspective oh for sure and yeah, yeah. i was going to say there's there's benefits Mm-hmm. to that right like yeah. yeah like you're not you know inundated i'm like whoa oh man like well, i can't believe also, that <laughs> this also goes especially if you're an x-men fan okay if you're an x-men fan too you've seen like i don't know how like the, from since the 90s you've seen the government right. and, like mutants clash and everything so it's yeah. very much a prevalent theme um but yeah no i i enjoyed it for those uh moving on to batman 118 uh, this is the start of the next run uh joshua williamson uh taking over uh, and this is a kind of not a, there is some kind of epilogue-ish cleanup a little bit to this kind of from that last run, right? Because like, it's kind of setting all the things in motion, right? Like it, it kind of like, it's explaining where people are that were kind of important to the last run. So like, oh, here's, here's where Clown Hunter is on the board. Here's where Ghostmaker is on the board. Here's where this person, like, so it kind of does some of that. It does it in a pretty I think streamlined way, like it seeds it here and there. And so it's kind of setting you up by the end of the issue as, okay, here's your new status quo. Here's what this book is kind of focused on, throws you a little bit of a curveball at the end. Um, uh, when we were talking to uh, Williamson recently, you know, it was kind of like this Batman is a little more, I used the term jovial and I was like, you know, uh, trying to find a word that kind of describes him. And he was like, it's not jovial necessarily, but there is kind of a, there's just a little like lighthearted smirk to things he says, as opposed to the kind of dire serious Batman we we've gotten over the last bit. So I did actually appreciate that. I actually did appreciate that this Batman is okay to smile a little bit or, or have just a little bit of fun, like over the line with Oracle. So I like that uh, artwork I thought was, was gorgeous. And I like the thing at the end, which brings in a, you know, Lex Luthor style. Villain. What? It's it's like that is it's a nice shot. It's also a nice shock too because of where Bruce Wayne is. And he looked hot. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? Why does he look like Kingpin? Everybody in white suits no, this he, week, man. Oh, yeah, white everybody was like ball guys and white suits is like a thing. Nah, he was cut. He is Dude, looking. Yo, know, Kingpin and the Devil's Reign has lost its limb down, bro. Like Kingpin, oh, he has slimmed down. He's looking, um, good. he's looking good, man. But but Lex, I love the idea of Lex versus Wayne when Wayne isn't automatically assumed to have the upper hand because he's got as much money, he's got as much tech. That's an interesting back and forth because they're in very different places. Um, yeah, you know, so that's um, the artwork in this was gorgeous. But again, I think going back to what I just said a minute ago. I don't think this achieves the safety net of giving us still yet a straightforward premise who this new assailant is and like what's going on there gets really murky in the issue to the point where I had to go back and like reread it again and just be like, wait, what did happen in this issue? Because there was a lot of just kind of like set up and establishing new writer creative team tone with the alleyway scene. And I like to scare people and the jokes and stuff saying, hey, we're doing this different Batman before we actually got into like an, a plot, which was, again, very murky and didn't really sell us on like the villain and like what is going on here. Yeah. So and the case itself. So good stylistic achievement, um, I think, narratively establishing like what is interesting about this next Batman storyline is going to be kind of crucial in the next issue for me. Yeah. Janelle, what do you think? Uh, it was just it was just cool. Like it was. I liked the party situation. I just that thought was it was great. really funny. Was I, 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 ha- I was kind of falling asleep when I read it the first time. <laughs> so I was kind of not 
like understanding. I was like, oh, Harley's there. Oh, wait, no, that's not Harley. Like, wait, what's going on? So I actually had to come back with my cup of coffee the next day and read it. And I thoroughly enjoyed it the second time. Oh, that's Uh, good. Yeah, yeah. I had a great time with it. Uh, You know, I've I've really come to love like any of the Batman stories. Now that I'm understanding like Titans, I watched the show and like I know Red Hood and all that. If you go in, you don't know who these people were or are or how they came to be. It's 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 a learning curve. You have a lot to take in. And now that I'm understanding kind of everybody's role, when I get introduced to, you know, this other Batman team, I'm just kind of like engaged. I'm like, oh, wait, who is this? Like, I want to know more about these guys that he's trying to like figure out why they murdered, you know, these different versions of the bat. What do they call the Batman team? <laughs> what did they oh, call it? Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. 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 And, and that was just really interesting for me. Like it was cool. To, it was, it's just really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I was actually interested because like, I, I agree with Kofi to a point of the, the narrative of like where we're going doesn't really start to come into play at all until like the last four pages. Oh yeah. Um. So yeah. I, I do agree. There's, there's a lot of cleanup and then it's kind of, okay, here's where we're going. That initial part until Luther gets into it wasn't necessarily hooking me. Oh, I, I liked the party. Happened. I liked it. Yeah, it but so, cool. but like, but I loved all that stuff. Yeah, kind of in the beginning. But okay. yeah, that next. Yeah, like I said, it was good stylistic good. establishment. Yeah. It's to say, hey, we're a new team, and this is us, and we're going to be yeah. different, and here's how we're different. Like so. Um, yeah. So moving on to Captain America, Iron Man, uh, number one, the poll winner. Uh, so this book is is kind of compared to the last two that we've talked about, which kind of run into like a lot of continuity and there's a lot of things that have been kind of coming into play for a long time. This book kind of feels like a, a little bit of a throwback in the sense that, you know, I don't like there are characters in here, like Veronica Eden, where like, if you know who they are, Nope. Um, and you, but like you've read some certain things or whatever, you might nah. have a little bit of an idea, right? Uh, nope. Which is really the cap and Falcon series that came, right? So if you don't, I thought they actually, they go into a lot of detail about who this person is, her history with both people. And so this is really just like them chasing her. (laughs) And there's a lot of backstory with her and each of them. And then they both come at it from very different angles. And there's just some of that kind of, this is a very like classic cap and very classic. I will say Steve and Tony adventure. Um, Captain Iron Man, the yeah. dead Avengers. No, uh, like, wow. yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is, I mean, this just feels like, I mean, it was beautifully done. Um, and they explain who this Eden person is and her whole character. And she's kind of like a Harley Quinn type character um, in her kind of way she talks and attitude and handles things. But um, this just feels like it's a series for people who are missing Cap and Steve in the MCU and just like, I want to see them together again. Like, I mean, I don't know who the service is beyond that, but it was a nice, like you said, it's a very throwback, very classic, just Marvel comic-y adventure, right? Yeah, it's very, it's very classic. And that's not in a negative way. It just, it just feels kind of that way compared to like the other two that we're reading. Janelle, what do you think? Yeah. Uh, yeah, same. Like this one didn't really super stand out to me, but I, but I like it. I mean, I had a good, I had a great time reading all the comics lately. i feel like I don't know if it's because I'm understanding these characters more and I've gotten my own kind of spot to read these books and where to enjoy it and just like consuming the content in a, in a solid way. But I've just been enjoying like the last month of comics. Like it's, it's really good. It's a bit just of having time. a good time. I mean, nothing again. I don't, I don't know who she is, but in this book, but, uh, but it didn't bother me. Like I want, I want to know who she is. I want to know what her background is. And I love the opening was just my favorite part. Yeah, <laughs> so that, that was good. That was good. That was hilarious. That so whole funny. part. Um, all right. So before we go, I want to let Kofi go off. Kofi, go in off. Rain, Cause he's been waiting for that. <laughs> You're muted, buddy. I'm yelling into a muted mic. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we got to get out of here, but I just want to say real quick, check out the next Star Wars event. We did a whole big thing about War of the Bounty Hunters. This week started Crimson Rain, which is the comic book story which shows the next stage of how the uh, Crimson Dawn, that criminal syndicate from Solo, a Star Wars story, which is now led by Lady Kira, Amelia Clark's character from that film, is weaving its way through the galaxy with uh, one stated goal, which is to free the galaxy from the grip of one person, which is of course a Sith Lord. And so this is kind of a retcon star Wars is doing to show that Crimson Dawn has been this 
clandestine criminal organization that has just basically a network of spies and hit and assassins just embedded everywhere. And this kind of lays out what the next phase of Kira's plan is and how far across the galaxy it spreads. And it kind of shows you the clever way they're retconning things to show how this one character, this mastermind kind of plotter, and there's probably, and there's suggested there's even somebody above her, influenced a lot of the events that you saw in this kind of the OT, the last part of the Star Wars original trilogy, Return of the Jedi, from, you know, and, and after Empire Strikes Back, from Luke and, you know, all of that to in the Rebellion, to in Jabba, to all this stuff that happened with the, you know, Palpatine and all this other stuff. So, it also does this big move of positioning the Knights of Ren in an OT story to possibly have this clash with Vader, which could be an ex- kind of a very exciting thing. So I'm saying all this to say that uh, once again, like Star Wars, before we get to the Book of Boba Fett, because some of this stuff might be relevant to the Book of Boba Fett, Crimson Dawn, Kira, and, and other stuff that's been happening this past year in Star Wars comics, books, and animated series could be big things we see in the Book of Boba Fett. So um, if you're looking and Star Wars comics are really doing it right now. So if you want to get something comic booky and something Star Warsy, check out Crimson Rain. And if you haven't, War of the Bounty Hunters is now released in a collected edition. So check right. that out, too. So uh, go back and uh, check all of that out because it is cool. But that does it. We got to get out of here. All right, uh, Matt. You good? Good. That's comics. All right. That is comics this week. This is Comic Book Nation. Thank you guys for tuning in. As always, we put up new episodes every Friday at noon. We first do a live show, which streams on Twitch, YouTube, and Facebook. You can check us out on any of those platforms. If you miss it, no worries. As soon as the stream is done, the recorded version of the show will be on those same platforms. If you want our audio, please go subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We are also available on iHeartRadio, and you can tell any smart home device to play Comic Book Nation podcast. and It'll fire up our latest episode for you if you like the show you can follow us at the at comic book nation twitter account where you can get the latest about our shows any updates and all the other funny things that happen when big news breaks and all that stuff or just matt's opinions and polls and whatnot Agenda. you can find me at kofi outlaw you can find me at matt aguilar cb and you can find me at janelle wheeler and yes, next week, like I said, we got a big content week next week. So subscribe now because we're going to be getting into Spider-Man, The Witcher Season 2, Hawkeye's big mind-blowing episode, and a whole lot more. So be here definitely next Friday for the next episode of Comic Book Nation. We'll see you then. Peace. Bye, guys. <laughs>